Bacon and other sacred things. I'm the guy that pushes the buttons and, I don't know, sometimes makes smarmy remarks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to limit those on the on the podcast. I'm Pastor Chris Graverson, and I have my lovely and talented co-host, Miss Joyce Adams, with me. Hello, everyone. As always. Pleased yes, to be here. Yes. And we we also have our now, I guess, recurring guest, Frankie. <laughs> yes. The, the puppy is with us, and we're hoping that he just keeps quiet. <laughs> I was. He appears to have settled down now. Yeah, but no, like, like we said, yeah, like we said before last time, um, we're we are doing this from our from my my church office uh, now instead of the 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 luxurious you know room of my sweet <laughs> of our of my sweet child. Um, so I was gonna bring Bear down, and I'm glad I didn't because he would have seen Frankie and they would have started playing and probably tore. They the would have wrecked apart. your office. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like three hundred pounds of ee. yeah. Oh golly! Well, and and okay. Our yeah. our theme we're just going to keep working this season on uh, spiritual warfare, and there's just so much attached to it. I get so excited about this because the more you get into it, it's not just a simple thing of one, two, three. There's other. There's so many avenues to look at it. We're going to have a couple of at least a couple of dynamite guests um, in in th- this season. But before we get into it, I. I, I, I just have to vent for just a moment. No. Um, that's not rant. That's my, vent. <laughs> my beautiful wife, Brenda, and my lovely daughter, Nina, dragged me to the, <laughs> Kicking the, and screaming. To the movie theater <laughs> last night to see the Barbie movie. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I will say, and, and one of uh, Nina's friends came, and they, all three, absolutely loved it. And... Uh, so they it, and it was there were so many funny parts of it. There was a lot of good, uh, oh, hysterical jokes, and I don't think I don't remember anything being super off, off color or anything like that. There were some double entendres, mm-hmm. um, but nothing off color. Off color. It was PG thirteen. Um, the hardest part for me, I'll, and I'll say this: uh, last week, not not uh, not this past weekend, but last weekend. Um, we had Shakespeare by the Lake that is um, in, or Shakespeare in the Park, as many people would know it here in, in, in Clear Lake. And it's a, they, a local troupe of wonderful actors um, performed, uh, what is it? Measure for Measure. And it's just wonderful. And they do it in the old, you know, in the Shakespearean English. Well, Brenda and Corinne and I went to that too. And all three of us, you don't hear... Shakespearean English every day. Most of us don't hear it every six months, and so when we sat down to watch the uh, to watch the play, it took us all about the first fifteen or twenty minutes of the play. You know, we're looking and we're squinting just to hear everything and to process all this different, um, you know, the King's English or whatever you want to call it. And then after about twenty minutes, at least for me. I got back into it. I was able to understand everything that was going on and stuff. Like, so it was fun. Well, I was telling John and Barbara, who were the main one as a producer, one was the main actor in the play, that 
I had an English teacher in the 10th grade who was in love with Shakespeare, so we did it several of the plays. But we took a whole semester to go over one play because of the nuances and the satire that Shakespeare throws in, which is not something relevant to today's, today's usage. But um, he took his little digs at society and, <laughs> yeah. and the Queen and all that. You know? Oh, yeah. But the thing is, um, the Barbie movie was that same thing to me. Mm-hmm. Because you start out the movie, and it's in Barbie land, and there are so many stereotypes, and it, it, there's so many idealized things. And I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was so different from anything I've ever. And I tried not to walk in there with and with a preconceived notions because we've heard so many things. Of, oh, it's politically based. I was just trying to go in there and to be entertained, mm-hmm. and I was. <laughs> I paused too long. So that was successful on the movie. It was a, it was a cute movie, but it took me a while to get acclimated. And um, there they do address a lot of those hot button issues that we that we address today. And some of them for me have become great uh, sore points. And so I was constantly when they said something, I had to remind myself. No, they're saying it as a as you know in a farce. Farce way, you know, it's it's not a political statement. It's just for fun. And it did have a nice moral at the end of treating each other mm-hmm. with respect. You know, and, and I don't know. I didn't see anything wrong with it other than it was. <laughs> but I will say, um, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are two of the most incredibly gorgeous people mm-hmm. that you will ever ever seen talented very and they were so much fun they did they did everybody did a beautiful job and um i i so i liked it i i have to admit you know i have to i really wanted to come but i had an alternate it was you got to go to the beach you don't know i offered to switch places and let you go to the barbie movie (laughs) and it was a perfect day on the lake Oh, so uh, it's just fun. It, it was fun, but I, I, I'm not offering any commentary on it or anything like that. It took me a little while to get used to it, but once I got into it, it sounds like it was what it was intended to be—a movie to entertain you. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> I can't. I Will Ferrell was is in it, and um, I can't remember her last name, but her first name's America. She's one of the main characters. Oh yeah, she had a TV show for a while. Yeah, I can't remember her last name. Either. And she was wonderful. It was you know, th- but it it's like the first half of the movie is all stereotypes. It's all stereotypes. You just kind of have to wade through that. <laughs> well, the Barbie dolls were stereotypes. Yes, you know? Barbie the nurse, Barbie the veterinarian, yeah. Barbie the and this is politician. Anything, yeah, and this is anything but a political show. So yeah. we're not going to get into that by any stretch. <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's refreshing. Yeah. All right, so we're, let's. Are, are we ready to get into our, our our main subject today? Yes, we are. All right, I am. Anyhow, uh, uh, I'm again. I'm excited about this. I love this subject. It 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 can answer so many questions, and open so many doors to spiritual freedom. We're talking about um, spiritual warfare, and we are in, in a constant state of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I learned I the phrase when I was a teenager. That life is spiritual warfare, especially as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Life is spiritual warfare. You're walking in that um, every day, and you can't stick your head in the sand. If you stick your head in the sand, you, <laughs> you ever think about it? You stick your head in the sand standing up, you present a really tempting target to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> One good kick, and you're yeah, through. <laughs> it's like you're done, man. But um, so you, you can't do that, but you don't. 
on on the other hand, you don't want to give the the enemy too much attention and where you become fearful and see him around every corner. Uh, we want to walk in the spirit. We got to know who we are in Christ and know how to fight the battles. And also remember that we're never alone. We walk in the Holy Spirit. We have, we have a loving God. And also when you're attached to a good loving church that can support you and, and, and walk you through these things. So, um, but I was reminded over the weekend, I think we, we need to clarify a little bit of who we're dealing with, because de- odds are we're never going to deal face-to-face with Satan himself. At least I pray to heavens I never have to. Um, but we deal mainly with demons, and demons deal in anger, in hatred, in fear. They are spiritual beings who have rebelled against God and his creation, and because we are not spiritual beings on their level. We cannot, we simply cannot grasp the hatred that they have for us. Okay? They, they have rebelled against God and his creation, and humans are the crowning jewel of God's creation. He has created us in his image, and we are the object of his greatest love. So, you know, no other being has been created in God's image, not even, you know, the angels. So we can't fathom the depth of hatred that, they, that, that, that demons have for us. Uh, many theologians believe that, the, that human creation is why Lucifer and the others rebelled. They looked at us, I mean, kind of, you think about it, compared to angels, <laughs> we're really just weak, selfish little meat sacks, you know? <laughs> Just we ain't much compared to the angels when you think about it. Um, so they, God created us and loved us, and they thought you're loving this selfish little meat sack <laughs> instead of you know more than us. And Lucifer thought, okay, that's not. I'm better than that. I can take. I can do better than God. And that's when the whole the whole issue. Well, he began. sort of encompassed all the seven deadly sins. Yeah. All in one shot. All in one time. Yeah. And um, there's a... Oh, we could talk about that another time. Uh, the the Catholic Church has... Of, of the seven deadly sins, um, there's a, a specific demon that is like the lord of each sin. And mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating when you get into it. Uh, if you're talking about spiritual warfare, especially if you're talking about exorcisms and stuff, the Protestant Church has already, always had an attitude toward the Catholic Church... And the you know the the scandals of late have not helped the attitude at all. But man, when it comes to exorcisms, the Catholic Church is the authority. Don't think that you're going to do better. You know, if I ever <laughs> I was told told Corinna, if anybody came in my office and started levitating, first thing I would do is call the Catholic Church. <laughs> uh, dude, I got a buddy over here for you. <laughs> The priest, the priest of the local Catholic church, looks like he's about fifteen years old. So I, know, I don't know if he'd handle that well or not. He's very young. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, he's very I, nice. I, I, I never had a chance to meet him though. I, I hear he's I a, a really nice Several guy. funeral occasions. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I, that's the first. That's my first call. And um, so, <laughs> but um, last week we talked about uh, the objective truth of Scripture that we hold that we hold to that. that um, we, we all should memorize scripture and that we have three main battlefronts that, that we deal with, that we have the flesh or our sinful nature, um, we have the world, and we have the devil. The problem with it is that they're all intertwined. 
the it's we, we do fight our own flesh and we do resist against the world but the third enemy satan uses both of those two against us too and he manipulates it so it's it's <laughs> oh it's 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 weird at times so um but let's talk about warfare with the flesh today and how um we battle our fleshly desires as satan genuinely uses those um against us and just so you know, if you hear papers rustling, yes, we're using notes <laughs> because it makes us better. Yeah, <laughs> it makes us feel informed. So, <laughs> Both of us are a bit over forty, so our memories are not like they used to be. So yeah, it's good mm-hmm. to have cue cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but it does. Uh, the word "flesh" is one of the most frequent u- words used in the New Testament, and it does. Uh, it does not state that our fleshly bodies are evil. There's, there are you know, beliefs that anything spiritual is, is what is pure and good, and every, anything fleshly is, you know, it, our, that our bodies as of themselves are evil. And you know, our bodies are very much neutral. Okay, Frankie's sniffing, mm-hmm. and he better not be sniffing for what I think he's sniffing. He will die if he does. Frankie, come here. Get over here and lie down. You're just bound and determined to get on the radio, aren't you? Um, <laughs> or on the podcast. Uh, so our bodies are are very are very neutral. You know, we have fleshly needs. We, we are, but our human bodies react to stimuli. I think this is uh, when I was reading this. This is fascinating. That our body is essentially a tool that can be used for good or evil. It, it's the same thing as a hammer. A hammer is a tool. That's just all it is. It could be used to you know, hammer nails to build a house, or it could be used to vandalize and destroy that same house. Uh, the, the body can glorify God in sin, and, or it can help others, help, help in serving God. It can help others or it can demean others. Uh, James uh, chapter 3 says, with the tongue, chapter 3 verses 9 and 10, just so you all know, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and, and with it, we curse human beings. Okay? We have, we've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. And James says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. I like, the, I like the, the, what my pastor as a, as, a, um, as a kid always says, this ought not to be. Yes. And, um, in the King's English. Yeah. And our, and our fleshly bodies do have needs and desires. And, and, but it's how we def- we fill those desires um, that is controlled by our mind. Okay, our fleshly, <laughs> and that's that's the problem. The body isn't necessarily evil, but our fleshly, selfish, depraved mind—that's the, yes. the problem. And um, yes, as Nazarenes, we do believe in total depravity. Um, that we are so messed up in our minds that we wouldn't even know that God exists had He not revealed Himself to us. And so. Before Jesus, our mind is dominated and controlled by our sinful nature, and you know, it's all about what we want. We're, um, I remember a story from when I was studying to be a pastor that uh, my dur- my girls were like two and four, I think, or something like that. And I had just started studying, and the the uh, instructor told a story of his brother in law, who when he had kids, he just thought that they were perfect you know, uh, wonderful little things that could never do anything wrong and looked at his two-year-old child and, and, and uh, spoke to him. my instructor and said, 
look at that precious child. How could you ever think of original sin with that little child? And I just started laughing when he told the story because I didn't un- I didn't understand original sin until I had a two-year-old. <laughs> you have to see a two-year-old dismantle something. Yes. And mine, 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 mine. That's their favorite word. It just it just is. It's yeah. it's a stereotype, but it's a reality. And no is their other favorite word. Yes. And so we we don't get any better <laughs> from when we're normal until Jesus really comes into our hearts. Um, it, but it's a sinful nature that points us towards satisfying our fleshly needs in a selfish and sinful way. And um, the human body, think of it this way, the human body needs food. It's our sinful nature that pushes us to gluttony and to, to stuffing ourselves beyond what we really should because we just want more food. Um, the human body has sexual desires, but the sinful nature turns them into lusts and objectifies uh, people and, and results in uh, sexual immorality. So it's just, it, it's, the body is a tool. We just, it, it's, our, it's our mind that turns things into thing, turns things bad. Uh, Romans chapter 8 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So it, it's this mind that can, controls the body. So the primary battleground in all spiritual warfare will be the mind. Mm-hmm. Satan wants to influence the mind so he can influence behavior. And that's, you know, he uses our mind against us. And um, he, it's, it's really one of the primary ways um, that he, he keeps us down, that he limits our freedom and joy in the Lord. So consequently, we are, he limits our, useless, our usefulness in the kingdom, because that's what he wants. The last thing he wants is for the kingdom of God to expand and had come, people come become more and more, more and more Christians. Um, so the battleground of the mind is so subtle. Uh, it's it, it's done with something as as simple as a whisper, and because uh, the the demons know our triggers, they know us much better than we know ourselves because they've been around a long time. And we are nothing new to them. We wouldn't be using the word triggers if it wasn't for that. <laughs> Probably. Really. I wouldn't be surprised. Because things come, images come and go and you see things, but mm-hmm. the things that trigger you are the things that the demons use. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I've had conversations with a lot of people, the, the idea of intrusive thoughts, that you're, you're genuinely sitting and, and worshiping God, whether it's in, in church or by yourself or um, in a, at a Bible study, you're, you're, you're genuinely worshiping God. And all of a sudden, you have these horrible, hateful thoughts just come in. That's not, 99 times out of 100, that's not you. That is the enemy trying to, to just disrupt. That's the, that's the battleground of the mind. I have experienced that. And you have too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this morning, I, I was sharing with you this morning, we were getting ready to record, and I just sat down in, in, our, in my chair at home to spend some time in prayer, and I got hit with the most insane sneezing fit that I can remember. I must have sneezed, within two minutes, I must have sneezed 12 or 13 times. And I just, I never do that. And it was every time I started 
I tried to say something, here comes another sneeze. And I finally just had to stop and, and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And then I sneezed twice. And said, in the name of Jesus, this has to stop. And it stopped. And I could finish my prayer. But that, to, that is 100% a spiritual attack. That is, they didn't, he didn't want me to, tr- to pray to bless this podcast and to bless our efforts um, here today. Um, but it, it could be also the, the, the lies that we hear. Um, something like, um, God doesn't really love you. Or, or God doesn't... Re- or if you're thinking about sinning, he, they'll put a, a, an idea of temptation or sin in your mind, and then he says, well, God doesn't really mind about that. God's, God will forgive you. It's not that, not that big of a deal. I love that. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. That, yeah. is, that is something that we can use. But that what's, that's what makes people feel unworthy at times. Like God can't possibly love me because I'm such a horrible sinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're going to have a guest on that talks specifically about that, and, and uh, she is an, uh, an expert. Not she. I consider her an expert. She doesn't consider herself an expert in spiritual warfare. Um, but she's uh, wonderful. Her name's Elaine Briefman, and we're going to have her on uh, in the very near future. And if, um, Elaine, if you're listening to this podcast before I've asked you to be on, um, consider this your invitation. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I think one of the, the main things that Satan does um, with our mind is he will call into question uh, the, or call into doubt the Word of God. What we know. That's why we have to rely on the objective truth of Scripture. Because calling in to doubt the Word of God, that's how Satan got Eve. And, uh, you know, Genesis chapter 1, or chapter 3, verse 1, you know, if you go to Genesis 3, it'll say the fall. And, you know, if you look at verse 1, you know, he, the, the idea was that they could eat any fruit in the garden except the one in the middle, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as we call it. And, uh, or he said, you'll die. And so Satan immediately starts with, oh, God didn't really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden, did he? See, he changes it just a little bit. He didn't say that you can eat from any tree in the garden. So in verse 2, Eve responds, and she says, well, we can eat from any tree of the garden except the one in the middle. And the quote is, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. And that's when Satan really goes to work, because he says, oh, surely you won't die. He just doesn't want you to eat it, because then your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he he twists and he casts doubt on the word of God, and he's using it to confuse Eve. And, and you know, the rest is history. She, she uh, took a bite of the fruit, and then uh, she gave it to Adam, and he didn't even argue. He just took it. And so <laughs> there's always the, the, the debate, well, whose sin was worse, you know, Adam or Eve? Like, uh, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. But because of their sin, God removed them from the Garden of Eden, Eden, and he made them fend for themselves. And that's when, to me, that's when Satan really got to work. That was his first victory, but then he just went to work um, on everybody in, 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 in general. But see, that's, that's 
I cannot say this enough that we we have to rely on the truth of Scripture, the statement that God, you know, God loves us, that that He will never leave us nor forsake us, and we need to study the Word of God so that we know these truths, that we know multiple places where God says this to reinforce it. Wouldn't you say that's the most important thing we can ever take out of all the, the teachings and all the Bible reading? Is that God loves us? Um, other than the message of salvation in Christ, yes. Because that's where it started. The, um, uh, the God's love is why He created us, and you know. But because of the fall, the message of you know the salvation of Christ was necessary. So yeah, um, trying to regain my place here, <laughs> but um, he will constantly, uh, Satan will constantly attack who we are in Christ. There's a wonderful song that we sing. Um, in church, uh, you know, it's called who, who You Say I Am. That, you know, you are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. And we can rely on that in Christ. And um, the, we, have a pow- we have power and authority in the Word of God, you know, in, in, in the Bible. I, when I say the Word of God, I mean the Bible. And, um, but he will also cast doubt on our salvation in Christ. And I... It's something I struggled with when I was a kid. You know, are you really saved? Do you really believe? I must have pray- prayed, re-prayed the prayer of, uh, of acceptance, you know, a, um, a hundred times when I was a kid. And uh, I know other people who have done the same thing. They just, they worry that they're not in Christ. Okay, that's, that's the enemy messing with your head. Because you, it, you believe that Jesus uh, came and lived a perfect life. He was the Son of God, and He died for your sins, and was on the cross, and was risen on the third day by the Spirit of God. You believe that, and you can, and you say it with your mouth. You are saved, and you are walking with Him. Um, fear has nothing to do with it, and so it's just. But it's those things. He also uses um, accusations. Satan uses accusations against us. You know those fiery arrows. Um, he'll accuse us of past sins. I know a lot of people who struggle with uh, guilt from past sins that um, you know they sins that have already been dealt with that they you know from years before that they've been dealt with um, for in forgiveness uh, amends have been made and they've you know everything has been done it's packed up in a nice little box and Jesus, and God just says that doesn't that that I don't even remember that anymore but Satan will bring it up in their minds and weaken their walk and, and, and hurt them in that. He'll also use distractions and divisions and distortions. I like that Dis- distortions they'll, it, they'll, because if they take the head, they'll get the body, you get the body. And he'll also try to isolate us mm-hmm. Now we can go into to, to detail in, in, you know, in further and in other, uh, episodes and stuff like that. But I just wanted to, that there's a lot of different tactics um, that he uses. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm talking. <laughs> I, I feel bad sometimes. This is supposed to be a discussion between Joyce and me, and I end up just r- rambling. <laughs> well, you are the pastor, remember? <laughs> you are the authority. All I can contribute is my personal views and experiences. And, and they are very valuable, and I just want to make sure you know that. And I have experience, you know, mm-hmm. You're forgiven of your sins, but I did that, you know. Can I be forgiven for yeah. that? That was pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is nothing um, There is nothing we have done or could do that is beyond 
the, the forgiveness of God because he loves us that much. And I just, that is a powerful thing to remember. But, you know, we have to remember, we do have that sinful, uh, depraved nature that we battle, that battles every desire that we have to please, to please God. And this is where we kind of get back to the war with the flesh. And uh, because it, it presents a challenge to any, the, the sinful nature presents a challenge to any desire to do right. Um, and it's, that's a result of humanity's fall. That's just what it is. We just talked about Adam and Eve and how that happened. That's, that's our curse that we carry. That God cursed them and said, you, you're, you're out and you're going to fend for yourselves. And I think every time a woman you know, goes into childbirth, she, she has to curse Eve. It's <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, so we have to live with that now. And uh, Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin... And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Okay. Because of Adam and Eve, we all have to deal with original sin. And it's our corrupt, fleshly, sinful nature um, that we're born with. Um, there's, a, there's a book. Now, eventually, I'll put on my blog a list of books that you can read because any book you read on spiritual warfare, if it's not grounded in the Bible, grounded in the Bible you don't need to read it. It, that's where we need to go. Um, a lot of times they get into the occult and that kind of spiritual. Oh yeah. Well, but the, 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 one of the books that's become like one of the Bibles of spiritual warfare is a book called, um, the adversary by Mark Bubeck. Um, uh, it's been printed and reprinted and a revised edition. Um, it's, I, I read it when I was a kid and kept it. And then I bought a new one, bought the revised version a couple of years back and I've been, and I reread it and, it's tattered and worn from you know the notes and the and and bending it and everything like that. So in in that book, uh, Mark Bubick says the flesh is a built-in law of failure. If you think about that, because we are weak in the flesh. What the flesh isn't bad, but at the same time it's weak. Um, it, it makes it impossible for natural man to please or serve God. It is a compulsive inner force inherited from humanity's fall which expresses itself in general and specific rebellion against God and his righteousness. That's heavy. Definitely heavy. <laughs> it's a lot to digest. Yeah, that's that, that, that's a lot to think about. That it's just we're we're kind of born to fail in our in our because of our sinful nature. And whether you're a Christian or not, as long as you allow your sinful nature a place in your life, you'll continue to sin. Okay, Satan will continually have an in in your life, especially when you willingly allow repetitive sin. You constantly go back to the same sin. You can ask forgiveness for it, and God will always forgive you. But it's it, you're always going to give the devil a foothold. If in the back of your mind, when you're asking forgiveness, if you know you're going to go back to that sin, that's a foothold. And uh, oh. You were going to say something? In today's world, we're constantly bombarded with sinful things. You know, mm-hmm. It's just a, a full-time job sorting them out and resisting the ones that are really bad for us because every day and every way that media and advertising and everywhere you see oh, yeah. all these things coming at you. Well, and we can, we can limit it to a, to a degree. You know, I, I think of I think some of the horrible music my children listen to. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and Corinna... Um, 
Yeah, we watched we uh, one of our and I've, I'm sure I've said this before, but one of our fun fast fun pa- pastimes that we do is um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings when Brenda goes to bed, we watch YouTube, <laughs> and we have so much fun with it. And, and there's a lot of fun stuff that that's clean on on YouTube, but we inevitably will get to one of these. Um, you know, fail videos, just people falling or crashing or something like that. That's fun. But the music underneath it is the most vulgar. You know, I just like, let's just turn the sound down so I have to listen to this crud. And it, so you know, we can limit it by what we listen to. We can listen to strictly uh, Christian or, or clean music. There's a lot of wonderful, you know, I'm, I'm a jazz and blues guy myself. And so I'll I'll listen to a lot of that, and uh, but I'll also listen to a lot of praise and worship music, and um, and you you can be careful what TV shows you watch that it's not glorifying um, the the tons of sinnage that's in the world. Sinnage is that a word? <laughs> I think I just made up a word. I think you just made a word. Sinnage <laughs> in the world. I like that. Do not look in your dictionary. It's not there yet. And every time I get animated. Frankie pops up and said, what, what are you doing? Do you have food? Do you have food? <laughs> you are play? you going to pet me? <laughs> He's such a good boy. We got to take a picture of him and put it on the, the uh, podcast. Of course. Um, Facebook page. Since he's a baby. recurring character yes. now. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Get down, you. <laughs> he's being too cute. Okay. Um, we can limit it, but we're never going to get away from all of it. It's just, it's, it, it's, it's in our culture. We have to deal with it at some point. Um, but uh, Paul said in Romans, you know, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are, who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So if, if you are not walking in a, a relationship with Christ, or if you are allowing sin to constantly be part of your relationship with Christ, you're not, con- you're not controlled by the Spirit, you're controlled by the flesh. And that's bad news. The good news is that um, Jesus, this is why Jesus came. This is the gospel. That's the awesomeness of the gospel that I just cannot uh, get enough of, you know, and, and not, cannot tell you enough how awesome th- th- it is. That it's through Christ's death and resurrection, he blotted out our sins. He is the one who removes all sin. And again, uh, in Romans 5, um, Paul says, Consequently, just as the one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, and this is one of the things you kind of have to walk through because it uses the same words and stuff like that that can be, a li- at least for my brain, it's a little confusing. So just as one, one sin from Adam resulted in, in sinful nature for all of us, also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Okay, Just as... Adam and Eve, and what one sin that they committed messed everything up. Jesus, one holy and completely selfish act on the cross, that was God incarnate sacrificing himself on the cross, that results in life for everyone, and that and everyone who accepts it, everyone who believes. And that's a, an amazing thing uh, to remember, because it's all because of God's love for us. And you will hear me say at the end of every podcast, remember, God smiles when he sees you. He loves you that much that when he sees you, he smiles. And it is by grace through faith in Christ 
that we can be forgiven of our sin and restored to life with him. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We, you can never, I can never hear that enough. Even though I believe it, it's a part of who I am. I just love it. I love Jesus and he is so good. And, and, and we can, in our sinful nature, our sinful nature will fight us every turn. We'll struggle. We'll face trials and we'll face temptations. And it's important to say, even though probably most of the people listening to this podcast know, temptation is not a sin. Being tempted by something, whether it's by our flesh or by Satan or by the world, doesn't matter. Just because we want to do it, that's not the sin. It's the actual doing it that is, you know, that is the sin. Well, I'm sure we all entertain thoughts of sin. Oh, yeah. You know, greed and lust pop in there and um, you just can't be discouraged. That's not the end of your your righteousness. Or no, your, no. Your it's, walk with God. It's, it's just a little flip there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a thought. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it, it, it's, ooh, I would really, you know, well, when I... When I covet a uh, '67 Camaro with a 327 <laughs> and a Power Glide transmission, you know, it's just like <laughs> that. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting a car like that. That's my yeah. that's my dream car. Yeah, actually, that and a '48 Buick Roadmaster. That's the '48 Buick Roadmaster would be the retirement car that Brenda and I will take long Sunday yes, afternoons. That's a cruiser. <laughs> yeah, because it's a bigger, it's a big enough back seat that Brenda can just go lay lay down, take her Nazarene nap, and I can just enjoy <laughs> driving. <laughs> Bear and I'll sit in front seat. <laughs> but acting on that is is not a good thing. Yeah, but you know, to, if, yeah. if you scheme to steal somebody's '67 Camaro, you mm-hmm. would be. I always tease Brenda. It's funny because you know I I love. Uh, I guess, I don't know if this applies or not, but I, it pops in my head. I love to tease Brenda because I love Christmas. Because Christmas is the only time I can lie to my wife and I don't get in trouble. Because <laughs> I'm lying for a good purpose. And there are a lot of pastors who would really argue with me on that. <laughs> well, I feel sorry for the wives. They're never surprised. Oh, yep. The, shoot. I'm just, I'm, oh, I'm sneaky. There isn't a woman alive who wouldn't ask you, what do you, what you buy me? <laughs> I know. Well, see, when I was young, before the Lord really got a hold of me, when I was walking in a very carnal um, Christian life, I was very manipulative. I lied to get whatever I wanted. And, you know, it, it's one of the true times that now, you know, 40 years later that I'm, I'm working as a pastor that I now know, I can tell when somebody's lying. Because I lied for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a, a wonderful example of God turning those powers for good. You know? <laughs> okay. I, I'm talking too much about myself. Uh, well, I heard a story of a mother who told her daughter, I can always tell when you're lying. Her daughter, young kid, you know. Mm-hmm. I can always tell when you're lying, you close your eyes. And she said, I just assured myself that I will always know when she's lying because she always closes her eyes yeah. now. <laughs> So, but no, no matter how much we struggle in our in our in our spiritual lives, if, as we stay faithful to Christ, we will grow stronger in our faith. And we have one more piece of good news. Now, this is a a, a specific doctrine of the Nazarene Church that I'm going to be talking about. But I think most churches have this same doctrine. They just don't phrase it the same way or think of it in the same order that we do, because. Um, we, in, in the Nazarene Church, uh, we have one of our, our most precious doctrines is the doctrine of entire sanctification. 
Now, it, it's a, it is a, a second act of grace that when we, uh, we come to Christ and we believe in him, we are given the Holy Spirit and we are saved. And that's, that's justification. That's the, the, the first work of faith. Entire sanctification is the second work, act of faith or work of faith um, of the Lord, that an act of God by which believers are made free from original sin or depravity. This is quoting the, the, the Nazarene uh, doctrine. And brought into a state of entire devotion, oh, devotement to God, and the holy obedience of love made perfect. It's it's a it's a belief that as we grow from justification, and we grow in our love for God, that we simply come to a point that the Holy Spirit has done a work in us and and made us. I'll say enough in the image of Christ that we love Him so much that we simply it negates the sinful nature, that we no longer have that desire to sin. And there are there, then there are other um, uh, denominations who believe, no, you will sin in thought, word, or deed every day of your life, and every day you have to ask forgiveness. And that, to me, is the hope of the holiness doctrine, that we, we can grow in Christ so that we may not sin in thought, word, or deed every day. Will we be perfect? Oh, No! <laughs> I will, st- no matter how godly I become, I will still manage to say stupid things to my wife and get the look of death. You know, I will, you, you still make bad judgments, you sure. still uh, judgments and, and, and shortcomings. You still get sick. You still get all that stuff. You're still human 100%. You just no longer have the desire to sin. And that is an amazing thing. And you, you have the ability because of the work of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in you that you can make that choice rather than just going on a day oompa and through the through the world and allowing yourself to sin. I, and I think that's, to me, that is a wonderful hope. And, and I know other people don't want to, they, they, they want to poo-poo that, and I respect their, their opinions. But for me, that's that's the goal, and that's a, that's a blessing. So, But this, the entire sanctification is done by God through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the one thing that all of us share, and all denominations share in some time, being filled with the Holy Spirit, or being baptized by the Holy Spirit, or in entire sanctification, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing. And we reach a point where God moves and blesses the believer to entire sanctification. So it's just, it's an, a wonderful thing. And it's when the sinful nature within us is just gone. It's just done. And, and that's the blessing. That's the hope that we really have um, in Christ. So kind of, well, oh, it is time for us to get going. <laughs> um, but we got good news and bad news. The bad news is that we're born with a sinful nature that causes us to rebel against God and sin. And when we come to Jesus and believe in him, the Holy Spirit enters us and directs us away from sin. That's wonderful. Glory to God. But the sinful nature is going to fight us at every turn, and the enemy is going to use that sinful nature against us. Now, we may win some battles and we may lose some battles, but we can reach a point where we are sanctified, entirely sanctified so much to God that the sinful nature is destroyed. And I hope that is something uh, that our listeners will understand, that I hope this podcast and uh, your personal study and your, your uh, membership in your church are all working towards that, to that where the we'll still fight our spiritual battles every day but there's a victory in that because of Christ and because of the holy spirit
Um, there's justification, and then there's warfare. And then there's entire sanctification. And then there's more warfare. And then the third step is glorification, where we get to go home to be with our Lord. And I can't wait to get that hug from Jesus and to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So, and we're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk, talk more about how a holy life is, uh, is spiritual warfare in, the next, um, in our next episode. But for right now, we got to get going. And hopefully next episode, my lovely and talented co-host, Miss Joyce Adams, will talk more. <laughs> I'll give well, her an opportunity to I talk more. I am not as articulate or as learned as you do. So <laughs> I put in things from my standpoint and my, you know. Yes, I know. You know. <laughs> uh, and, and then when we get Corinna on, uh, you're just fighting a losing battle. <laughs> we got two professional talkers. <laughs> All right, we better get out of here. Um, but we will be we'll be praying for y'all. If you uh, you know, like and follow the uh, the Facebook page, Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things, and um, we just hope that uh, you'll join us next week on again Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. And as you're going through the week, remember God smiles when He sees you.